2: plan savings with three lines of t-mobile essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes
3: and fees may vary
4: 560 the joe radio rewind running back some of the best you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours where you at it's dan day on social media at Dan Day Radio. Give me a follow and follow me over the next hour because it's going to make it very pleasurable and nice, even better than a day spa, by going to the Joe Rose Show. They are talking to Brady Quinn. You know the NFL draft is right around the corner. We've got our big draft party, virtual draft party at that, coming up on the 29th. I've got some tricks up my sleeve. Trust me, it's going to be worth watching that night. At least keeping an eye on it because between Crowder, Solana, Hawk, myself, not to mention Leroy Hoard. Ooh, it's going to be crazy. So please keep an eye out for that on our website, WQAM.com. The Joe Rose Show, talking with Brady Quinn about all things football. Greeny, touching base with Stephen A. Smith. And he's also calling, taking some callers about load management and the NFL draft. And finally, Hawk and Crowder. The Heat, not hot. The Marlins are. Marlins hot, Heat not Headlines are hot. Here they are. Jesus Aguilar's RBI double in the 10th helped the Marlins win their third in a row against the Braves last night, 6-5. The Heat dropped their second in two days, losing last night, 123-106. Goran Dragic did not play. Miami looks to rebound tomorrow night at 8 against Minnesota. The Canes baseball team walked off Florida Gulf Coast last night, 3-2. They begin a three-game weekend series with Clemson tomorrow. The Panthers are in a three-way tie atop the Central Division with Carolina and Tampa, Florida, Going to play the Lightning tonight at 7. That's just a couple of minutes away. Well, Doug Plagan's on the call. Danny Garcia, the whole team, will get you that right here on 560 The Joe. Another Canes basketball player says he will test the NBA waters. This time, it's last season's leading scorer, Isaiah Wong. He will maintain his eligibility in case he decides to come back to the U. Atletico Madrid striker Luis Suarez is under contract until 2022, but is said to be weighing proposals from Liverpool in the Premier League. And enter Miami. Inter open their MLS season Sunday at three against the LA Galaxy. White Sox left-hander Carlos Rodon threw a no-hitter last night against Cleveland. It would have been a perfect game if we would have not hit a batter with one out in the ninth. And now, let's go ahead take a step into the day spa. <sighs> After a GPS snafu, a groom in Indonesia wound up at the wrong venue and almost married a total stranger. I'm saying if the stranger was hotter than his fiance, he should have made the jump. Bush Beer is offering $20,000 for a chief taste-testing dog for its new canine beer. I used to get my dog drunk on Bush. Can I get some of that money? An online businesswoman changed her name to Rainbow after LinkedIn told her she could not use her fake name, instead had to use her real name for a profile. After she changed her name legally, LinkedIn changed their policy and now allows aliases on profiles. Either way, she's the hot mess of the day. Check out at Dan Day Radio on Twitter to get a look at that hot mess. A woman got a picture she thought her son drew tattooed on her arm, only to find out he really didn't draw it. Kids, what are you gonna do? Oh, wait, maybe not get their drawings tattooed on your body. Tattoo it in your mind. Joe Rose is who you need to be listening to weekdays from 6 to 10. Telling you, I'm here sometimes in the mornings getting ready for things. And that dude is having so much fun. He's rapping, he's singing, he's dancing, he's telling jokes. And this is all off the air. When he's on the air, he is just as crazy. Here, Joe Rose and Zach Krantz talking to Brady Quinn about... Scrutinizing those first-round picks, unpredictable picks, Cincinnati's needs, and would Brady Quinn ever coach?
1: Our buddy Brady Quinn gonna join us here. You see him on every TV network and every website. That's just how Brady does it at this point, uh, Mister Two. How's checks. he get away
5: with the Fox and, and uh, the Fox thing and CBS uh, thing? Yeah, time.
1: because he gets away with that's, it. I that's love it how. That's right. that's
5: where you're really good, and you got a really good agent right there. That's what that <laughs> is right there.
1: Brady gonna join us now. Brady, thanks for the time as always.
6: Right, anytime, guys. Here's the answer, Joe. It's called a grandfather clause. Oh. Uh, you know, wow. You, you should be well aware of what a grandfather clause is. So once, once oh. that precedent is established, uh, then you just you keep that thing in your contract moving forward. It's, it's hard to remove out of it.
5: You know what? I did the same thing, and I, and I am with you 100% when new radio ownership comes in and says, uh, why are we letting you work at NBC? And I go, hey, man, it's in the contract that's, that's right baby you, oh no no, go no. To the paper <laughs> <laughs> hey hey uh, you know it's funny Brady first of all did you ever think this draft would be so popular to where it is right now where where all the networks want the Thursday night first round
6: ever uh, I mean, you're probably asking the wrong guy because I, I went through it and I was after afterwards I was thinking to myself, that's like fascinating to watch. I yeah. mean, you're basically looking at a bunch of young men who not only are going to have the opportunity to make uh, generational wealth, but they're also living out their dreams and you get to see where they're going to do it right there with them. I mean, yeah. it's not like they have any clue. I mean, outside of Trevor Lawrence, maybe Zach Wilson, if he knows what the Jets are doing it to. Right. None of these guys have a clue what's going to happen. And so it's, it's, like, it's like the best reality TV you can buy, and it's just cool to experience with those players. So so let me do a
5: follow-up, too. We've gotten to the point, and, and all the big guys do it, including Mel Kuyper, I mean, say his name. We end up critiquing these guys. And, and so instead of being really cool to be a first-round pick, we, we actually almost start – finding looking for negative about all these players and it it, sometimes it gets frustrating like it's such an honor to be a first round pick and yet we're ruining it for certain guys what what are your thoughts on and i know everybody's in the business now but what are your thoughts on that
6: well i mean i I would kind of answer it with a little bit of a, a tangent i mean look at julian edelman the guy retires after 12 years one of the best stories we've seen and as soon as he retires, everyone's like, well, he's a Hall of Famer. Right. It's like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Can we not appreciate what this dude did for the New England Patriots <laughs> and his story and how he converted right. from a quarterback to a wide receiver and did everything for that team and it was the ultimate competitor? Like, we appreciate that? We don't appreciate these kids' college careers. Yeah. Like Sam Ellinger out of Texas is one of the, the best Texas quarterbacks they've had in quite some time propping up that position. You know, what he did, we're just like, well, we don't know if he's going to be a high draft pick, so we don't care. Right. I mean, it's, it's it's honestly, it's part of our society now. I, I think when people get too good, people don't like it. And they almost have to pick at it a little bit instead of spreading it.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. That's exactly it. All right. So it, it, it's possible that we go into this draft, and it's possible for the first time ever, if things work the way they, they might, that we have four quarterbacks: one, two, three, four. You already talked about the first two. San Francisco's on the clock. Then Atlanta's on the clock. What do you think happens with those two? Does San Francisco, obviously they traded up to get a quarterback, or at least we think that. Uh, do they go with Mac Jones? Do you think that Mac Jones was the play there to move up nine spots to get Mac Jones or Justin Fields? Like, what do
6: you think the play is
1: there at? at Three
6: and then at four, Atlanta. What do they do next? I mean, I can't tell you any better than anyone else what you know which quarterback it's going to be. I just have a hard time believing that they're moving up to that spot not to take a quarterback. And and so where things get kind of interesting is you know Mac Jones. I think if you look at his film, he probably had the best tape of any quarterback this past year. But you know, a lot of people feel like even though his game translates well with the NFL, he might be coming in at a ceiling. You know, Justin Fields and Kyle Shanahan have some background. You know, they've worked together uh, through uh, a group called the QB Collective, where NFL coaches have gone and worked with high school, uh, talented high school, QB, the Elite 11, and some of those other programs. And so there's a backstory there, and there's history there, and and maybe there's comfort there. So I'm not sure, you know, which quarterback it's going to be, but it has to be a quarterback. If it was me, I would take Justin Fields. I think he's the second-best quarterback in this draft. Even though he had a couple of bad games this season – uh, against Northwestern, uh, against Indiana, you know both teams that put a lot of pressure on him. He didn't handle it well. He probably had his best game versus Clemson in his entire career on a huge stage. So I just I think there's too much upside there for me, and especially in a day and age in the NFL where you've got to have a mobile quarterback. Uh, and, and, and Kyle Shanahan is one of the best at working to his strengths. So I really think there's a lot of upsides for Justin Fields. So if, if it ends up being Mac Jones, so be it. I think he'll work too. I, I just I don't know how different Mac Jones is. From what they already have in Jimmy Garoppolo, and so if we want to have the economical discussion of, well, he's going to be a lot cheaper for the next five years. Okay, that's fine. I mean, eventually you got to pay your quarterback, but I I get that rationale. I just think you're walking out, you're you're letting a guy walk out the door, and Jimmy Garoppolo will help take you to a Super Bowl.
5: How about the Cincinnati pick? You think it's more about offensive line? You think it's more about weapons for Cincinnati and their problems and trying to help Joe Burrow?
6: I think the biggest issue they face at five is is if it does go one two three four all four being quarterbacks, they've got a really, really tough decision because they've got a bunch of needs. And now you're playing out that question of how do we build around Burrow? Do we give him that weapon or do we try to protect him? Because he obviously can't help us if he's laying on his back or if he's got a torn ACL. So I would go with Panay Sewell at number five in that scenario. I could see why they'd go with Kyle Pitts. And the reason I say that is, you know, there's not another tight end that comes anywhere close to what this dude is as a prospect. At six foot six, two hundred forty-five pounds, running a four-four, he could he could be a wide receiver. Like right. he'd be a first-round pick as a wide receiver, and he's a tight end. So, you know, you you couldn't. The good thing is they they really can't go wrong because I think whoever they get is going to be a, a perennial Pro Bowler. But the reality is, uh, as good as Pitts is, it would be tough to pass up on a guy like Sewell, who I just think is going to be their blindside tackle for the next 10 years together. uh, And hopefully, we'll be able to help be a a part of the solution in protecting Joe Burrow.
5: Brady, I want to ask you about Kyle Trask, another guy that never gets talked about as far as a quarterback. Is he a second round pick to you? Where, Where do you have him going?
6: Yeah, I, I've kind of got him in the group after, you know, the the, the top five, which really my top five is different. I, I've got, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence pretty much. Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, and then Kellen Mond. I, I really like Kellen Mond. I think people have underrated what he's done at Texas a and uh, And then after that, Trey Lance. And then you start talking about Kyle Trask for me. So, you know. I think he's a talented player that you know teams might have a completely different opinion on. Teams might say, "Hey, we like this guy in the second round for his arm strength." Uh, there's a few things that kind of concern me. A, he's he's not mobile by any means. Nope. Oh, great. Uh, you know his short passing game. He actually you know lacks a little bit of um, accuracy. And it's kind of odd to see, uh, and, and sometimes you see on some different shallow crosses him not necessarily giving a catch and run football. You know he's almost better throwing down the field. And there's also that lingering thought in my mind of just how good Pitts and Kadarius Stoney are, and the only sample size we have without those guys playing, he really struggled. So I hate to put it up to one game you and evaluating him, but but he's a guy that I think is is, is going to need a little bit of development. Remember, I mean he didn't he didn't start starting football games until last year, and before that he hadn't started a game because he was playing behind De'Ara King in high school uh, his entire high school career since so his freshman year. So there's, there's a there's still a lot of development there too.
1: Well, I was just going to ask you this. If at six, uh, forget about the quarterbacks for a second, if the quarterbacks are off the board, uh, you Chase Pitts, even Devontae Smith, who we've been talking about and he's been topic of conversation today on the show, uh, who do you like better there for the Dolphins uh, at that six pick? And and Devontae Smith, have you seen a guy that kind of, you know, was penciled in at three a couple months ago and dropped so much since then in, in the two months before this draft? Isn't I guess that's what the draft's all about, right? Breaking guys down before you got to bring them back
6: up. Yeah, I mean, I think people put them in different spots because people have different opinions. You know, I think one of the interesting conversations I was having with Charlie Weiss yesterday, just talked about that wide receiver group, Because he likes Devontae Smith the best. And I don't think anyone's going to argue the year he had. He has the best tape by far. But when you start asking yourself, okay, like, how does that translate to the NFL, Um, especially versus Jamar Chase, who who didn't play this year, but probably had the best tape the year before this, you know, this year. Um, And so it's a hard comparison, but I think what you have to look at is what they're going to be. You know, Jamar Chase to me is more of an X wide receiver. I like to isolate in three by one sets if I can. And I think he's going to run more of that sort of route tree where, you know, stuff down the field, stuff that's coming back to the quarterback, you know, out routes, things like that, timing routes. When I'm talking to Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell, those are two guys that I see more as a ZRF. I see them more playing off the football, in the slot, moving them around, releasing from a stack or a bunch, and in part because they're a bit more undersized in comparison. Not, not too much. Um, it's not like Jamar Chase is that big, but he also plays a lot bigger than, than what his size is. So I think when you start looking at what the Dolphins need, I see Devontae Parker as that X. So then, then, that, and then that means I'm looking at the conversation saying, okay, I need more of that that Z that move guy. Whether it's Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle, and then the comes down to if I really believe it too, I might even ask him and say, "Hey, which guy do you like more? You play with both, That's right?" And, and then and it, and it might come down to two: how much you know you can use Waddle in the, in, the, in the return game, running the football. He's more of a gadget guy, and so you know his versatility and his, his top end speed, you know, might be too tough to pass up onto that spot. But um, I, I could see it being either one of those two players because of the history with Tua, and I think because of what they already have on the roster, if they feel that good about Devontae Parker.
5: Brady, you know what happens when guys are in the business in college and, and pro football as analysts? You, you know the next step is to to jump on with a with a team where you have no life. Once you join the NFL <laughs> as a coach, you have no life. You've never thought of that. Please tell me you haven't thought of that. And I know your man Urban's up there in Jacksonville. Would you
6: ever do it? I mean, I'll never say Never. Um, I think everyone, I'm a guy who's naturally curious about a lot of things in life. So, Um, you know, if that opportunity presented itself, I don't know that I would uh, accept it, but I don't know that I'd turn it down either. I think I'd do my best to kind of search it out and and try to get an idea of what exactly it is before I jumped into that. Um, You know, as you know, I've I've got three little girls, man, so uh, I like being being home for them, and and I like, you know, making sure that we're we're getting them in line. I had had to have a long talk this morning with my uh, almost three-year-old Uh, because she's being bad in class right now. So uh, I I would hate to not have those moments with them right now, even as young as they are.
5: Listen, if you get close, I swear to God, I'm going to call your wife and go, please – Don't let him do that. He will have no life. You will be a single mother, I am telling you right now, because he'll jump in that thing full speed, and there is no life. As you know, National Football League, no life for coaches, man. It is crazy. Brady, thank you,
6: buddy. Really (laughs) appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Don't do it, Brady.
4: Coaching is a tough, tough life. I wouldn't know because I don't even want to know.
7: What I do want to know is what Greeny has to say about the NBA. And you might run into Artis Gilmore at the Cinnabon getting breakfast, and he's having a cinnamon bun and a cup of coffee, and he's on his way to Atlanta where they're playing that night. So how is it possible that now all of a sudden the science shows we can't do that anymore when we did it for
3: 60 years?
7: That and he'll be taking phone calls about the NFL draft. That's on its way here
4: on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. 560 The Joe, Radio Rewind Running back some of the best you've heard here on 560 Over the past 24 hours, had to get my guy Perry Farrell some shine It's music with porno for pyros Pets, oh, Jane's Addiction Perry Farrell Satellite Party Solo Works, Lollapalooza Dude's done it all, lived in Miami Lived in LA, lived in New York City One of my idols right there Always gotta idolize Greenie. He has been doing a big from New York City With ESPN And he always seems to get into it Although he is not really excited about load management. Back in the day, they didn't have all that nonsense. Plus, he takes it to the phones to talk about the NFL draft.
7: So on our station in New York, on ESPN Radio in New York, the show in the morning is called DCR. DiPietro, Canti and Rothenberg are the three guys who host it. And you're going to hear them talking here. And it's about the question of load management in the NBA. Open the hour today playing you Stephen A. Smith. But they they said something in here that I think is fascinating. So the first voice you'll hear belong to Chris Canty, who was a football player for a long time. And the second is Rick DiPietro, who was a National Hockey League goalie for a very long time it's what he says that i think you really need to pay attention to
5: it's about postseason performance a lot of these stars realize their legacy is going to be judged on how many championships they win that's what it is that's what the fans made it that's what the media made it so that's what the stars are doing trying to set the stage so they can be ready to be at their best when the playoffs roll around if that means missing a few regular season games so be it yeah I don't know how you fix it in all honesty because I think
6: part of the reason why you know teams are doing this is because the science shows you mm-hmm. that you know there are a certain amount of days that a guy should should have off an 82 game schedule in a short period of time is not is not conducive to keeping guys healthy it's not with the amount of-
7: okay so that's the part of it i wanted to get into and look rick is a friend of mine and he's a, a professional athlete he knows has forgotten more about this stuff than I'll ever know. But I will once again ask the question. Well, I guess there's really two questions. The first is, if 82 games are not conducive to the players playing them all, then you just have too many games. There should just be fewer games. But here's the question I have. How is it possible that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played all 82 games in a season in which they had 38 back-to-backs? Wilt Chamberlain played all uh, 82 games in a season in which they had 37 back-to-backs. Michael Jordan played 82, 82, and 82 games in the regular seasons of 1996, 97, and 98 when he was in his 30s. They were all still at their very best in the postseason. It didn't shorten any of their careers. And these guys, the guys in the 70s, were flying commercial flights. You would show up at LaGuardia in the morning after a game they played at the Guard the night before, and you might run into Artis Gilmore at the Cinnabon getting breakfast And he's having a cinnamon bun and a cup of coffee and he's on his way to Atlanta where they're playing that night. So how is it possible that now all of a sudden the science shows we can't do that anymore when we did it for 60 years? These guys would drive to games. They would take trains. They would take commercial flights up until not that long ago. So how is it possible that we can't do that now when they all have access to all kinds of data that we didn't have then sleep science what they're eating nutrition much much better travel and all the rest of that i don't get it i don't get it so the bottom line is oh sure could you be more optimally at your best by playing fewer games of course but then why not just well, they should each just play 15 of them i mean that's so, where's the line here where's the line you gotta play the games on the schedule play it i understand that this is a different year and I've taken this year, I'm sort of putting it to the side. But generally speaking, the whole idea that science has shown that it is not optimal to play 82 games, I just don't understand that. What does optimal mean? So you could be in slightly better condition at the end, but if everyone is doing the same thing, then it's the same for everybody. You got to play. Popovich ruins this by starting to give guys days off. So now when other teams see it, they say, well, he's going to be fresher in the playoffs. So now I got to do it. So now all these teams are doing it. That's why I love LeBron James so much. He plays. He plays. He's hurt right now. Hurt is a different story. No one's talking about that. LeBron's significantly hurt. When he's healthy, he plays. So does James Harden, by the way. James Harden plays. But this whole missing games thing, this whole science of it, it just does not sit well with me. Because for 60 years, under far more trying conditions, we played all these games and everyone seemed to be okay. So... That's something that I we need to do a little more digging into, Bubba. I would like to put together a committee if I can to look into this. And if you have time in your schedule, I would like you to chair that committee. And the reason I bring this up is many may not know that Bubba, before he began his career in radio, was actually a nutritionist. Right? You you were. Do you have a PhD in that, or is it just a master's? Uh, two PhDs. Two PhDs. His multiple PhDs. <laughs> in the area of diet and nutrition. He has a PhD, that's right, I'm sorry, I forgot. You have a PhD in diet and a PhD in nutrition. So you are right. an expert in, in all these areas. Do we have that right? Correct. So can you chair this committee for me? Okay.
6: <laughs> he also designed the original NBA scheduling matrix. He
7: did that. Well, uh, I mean. we need to make
6: mention of that in this conversation.
7: Well, well, of course, if you're going to put that together, you would never do it without consulting the experts like Bubba. Obviously not. These are the people who know all these things. Okay. Let me come to the phones here. All right. We got the draft ready to go. I got my draft prep.
3: So you ready for the draft? Let's get started.
8: Greeny's Draft Prep.
7: All right. So usually with my draft prep, I will just give you some things that I have found, but it's at a point now I know so much about this that I need to share it. I'm like (laughs) bursting at the seams. So let's get on the phones here. What's on your mind when it comes to the draft? Give me your thoughts, your questions, whatever you've got on the draft. We'll see what's on your mind. And I'll tell you what I think, because once again, I just know too much about this, not to share it somewhere. So let's see, Bubba, who's our first caller? First up is Ray. All right, Ray, what's on your mind with regard to the draft?
1: Morning, granny Thanks for taking my call. Love the new radio gig. Thanks. Uh, I'm a diehard Eagles fan. And uh, last year, the Eagles blew it on the draft with uh, taking Hurts and passing on Jefferson, the receiver. What do you think they should do this year?
7: Well, no, that's not really where they blew it. They took Jalen Rager. That's where they blew it. They blew it by taking the wrong receiver. They didn't blow it with Hurts. Hurts is now your quarterback. Here's what I think. I think the Eagles have positioned themselves very nicely. Because they are set up, if Carson Wentz plays uh, a certain amount of snaps or whatever, 75% 75 of the snaps, the Eagles are going to have three ones next year. Do you know what three ones equals next year? Russell Wilson. That's what you've got. So you've got a one-year audition for Hertz. If he turns out to really be good, then that's the best news ever. And if he doesn't, then you're going to get another high draft pick. And you've got the three picks that give you the opportunity to get Russell Wilson. Now, as far as what they're doing this year, they trade back, they wind up trading back all the way to 12. There's a lot of different things. 12 is sort of, you're getting into that middle area, which means you're probably not getting any of the four big offense. There is a chance, I think, Devontae Smith falls to you or Jalen Waddle. If either of those fall to you, great, phenomenal. Couldn't be better. That's obviously what you need. And you need Jalen Rager not to be a bust. That's what you need. If they don't, and neither none of the really big offensive linemen going to fall to you, now you got got uh, choices to make. The players who figure to go in that area, you got a bunch of, of offensive linemen, like a guy like Christian Darasaw from Virginia Tech might go in that area. Uh, a defensive end named Quiddy Pay from Michigan might go in that area. But that that is the way I see the Eagles situation right now. Where they blew it to me was not by taking Hurts in the second round. Uh, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Uh, Bubba, uh, uh, who's next? Let's go to Shannon. All right, Shannon. You're with me here. What's on your mind on the draft, Shannon? Shannon, have we lost Shannon? I fear we've lost Shannon. All right, Bubba, who's next? Let's try Josh. All right, Josh. You're on ESPN Radio. Josh, what's on your mind? Hey, Granny, love the show. Thanks. It's about the Cowboys. Um, do Good. you think they'll trade up to try and get Kyle Pitts, or do you think they'll focus on like a maybe a defensive player? I think no way in hell they'd trade up to get Kyle Pitts. You would have to trade up to a short... Well, the Falcons are going to come on the clock at number four, and three quarterbacks will be off the board, and Pitts will be sitting there. If you're the Cowboys and you want to assure yourself of getting him, then you got to go up there to get him. I don't think there's any way in the world they do that. Now, if a quarterback goes at four, and Cincinnati, which I think they could, takes Sewell at five, now this gets interesting. Because now you get to six with Miami... No, but see, then Miami takes Pitts. I take it back. Miami takes Pitts in that scenario, even though they have Gesicki. I don't think the Cowboys are getting... That was a very long-winded answer. The Cowboys are not getting him. I think it's likelier the Cowboys trade back. The three big corners in this draft which is what the Cowboys need, or Patrick Sertan second uh, from Alabama, Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech, who I think is the best of them all but has major injury red flags, uh, and then J.C. Horn, who was the son of the former NFL receiver Joe Horn. He's from South Carolina. I think the Cowboys take one of them. Greg Newsom from Northwestern is also a, a first-round caliber corner, so I think the Cowboys, will, in a perfect world, will trade back and take one of those guys, but as they were saying in the meeting yesterday against John Gruden, I, I obviously, John wasn't on this call, but he did the draft for years for ESPN. And a lot of people on the call were saying John's expression was, at some point, if the phone doesn't ring, you still have to make a pick. It's easy to say that you want to trade back. It's not always so easy to do. So if the Cowboys sit there at 10, it might be a little early for those corners, but I still think that's who they wind up taking. There are not a lot of great impact defensive players in this draft. The best defensive player in the draft is Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State. So, but I don't. That doesn't really fall into the Cowboys' primary area of need. Uh, this is draft prep with Greeny here, and what's on your mind with your calls, Baba? Who's next? Yeah, let's go to uh, Nuno in Control Room Two. <laughs> this is Nuno, the uh, producer of this radio program. Nuno is a crazy fan of the Giants. Nuno, what's your question?
8: Uh, first time, a long time. Uh, <laughs> the Giants need a pass rusher. So, which one should I be keeping an eye on here's, at eleven?
7: Here's the problem that you have is that you're picking at eleven, and it's too early to take any of them. The Giants, the things the Giants need, they can't get at 11. So at 11, if you're going to take a pass rusher, it's just too early. That's reaching for Quiddy Pay. It's reaching for Aziz Ojolari. Those are the top pass rushers in this draft. It, it, Jalen Phillips, who was a kid from Miami, remember that name? He's the biggest kind of roll of the dice in this draft. Jalen Phillips started his career at UCLA. He had a variety of injuries, including a concussion. He retired. He actually medically retired came back this year and played at Miami and just tore it up. And if you listen to Louis Riddick talk about him, like he's a superstar, but the medicals are, are scary. So 11 overall is probably too early for him. Here's the problem you have, Nuno, and here's the big problem your team has. Every single year, the Giants address their offensive line, and every single year it gets worse. Every year they either sign a free agent offensive lineman, or last year they draft Andrew Thomas number four, and of the big tackles in that draft, he's obviously the worst one. After him go Jedrick Wills and uh, uh, the kid uh, Wirth Wirth from from Tampa and, be- and Makai Becton. Yeah. All of them go after him. Think how different the Giants would be right now if they had one of those guys. So that that's a real. The Giants basically they don't draft well, and that's the reason uh, Nuno, why you were sitting where you are. And while you're trying to evaluate Daniel Jones, and you've got to make a decision whether or not you're going to pay Saquon Barkley, and you're, you're spending a fortune on a, a somewhat limited receiver in Kenny Galladay, does not look good. I would think I would say things do not. They would look bleak right now for fans of the New York Giants. I'm sorry to say, Nuno. That's Nuno Teixeira, the producer of this program, Greeny. Working the phones, never know what you're gonna get. He's just rolling with it. You gotta love
4: that. Greenie from 10 to noon, right here on 560 the Joe. Then in the afternoons, you're always gonna have fun with Hawk and Crowder.
2: Marlins are hot, the heat are not.
4: Hawk speaking true words right there. More truth from those guys on the way here on 560 the Joe Radio Rewind. Don't
8: do the boundaries
7: that you have created for yourself.
4: 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours. Hola! I am Dan Day. Social media at Dan Day Radio. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can ask me about sports, music, like poor Stacy, who we're listening to in the background. From right here in South Florida, he's teamed up with Travis Barker on this joint. You gotta love Travis Barker on a joint because he just makes everything better. And he's Kind of getting it on with Courtney Kardashian, one of the best of the Kardashians. Now, the two Jenner Younger ladies, they're pretty good. Like Kendall Jenner? Yes, indeed. But nonetheless, I get away from music. Poor Stacy, South Florida Zone, Travis Barker, living the dream, making the music happen. And Hawk and Crowder always making the sports fun happen. Weekdays from 2 to 6 here on 560 The Joe. They sit around, they enjoy sports, and they sit around and talk with each other. And you enjoy hearing about it. It's a crazy concept. Talking about the Marlins are hot, the Heat are not. Were you watching the end of the Heat game last night? And Bo Bo, he balled.
2: t rodge just got taken deep by the Braves. Number 42. Boy, that guy's been doing everything today.
8: What Jackie, happened? Jackie
2: Robinson. Jackie Robinson day joke. Everyone's wearing number 42.
8: Didn't get it. <laughs> I knew that too. I watched this morning. I knew, I knew you knew didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I knew
2: you it. didn't. He just got taken deep. T Rogers was throwing a gem today. Solana, he was he was dealing today. T Rodge had it going
8: on today, hitting the corners. Is <laughs> <laughs> that a cunha that now. hit that home run?
2: I think that was a cunha, wasn't
8: it? Is he is he is he short, very excited, and has little dreads? <laughs> Those dreads? was kind of a puffy dude. braids, dreads, I don't know yeah. what they are. Marlins
2: are hot. The Heat are not. That's my, uh, that's my take on uh, on sports from yesterday and, uh, and this afternoon. Here's the thing with the Heat. Phoenix is a really good team, and I said it yesterday. Phoenix just has their number. Okay, so you lose that game. Fine. Second night of a back-to-back in Denver is almost an impossible victory. Almost impossible. Yeah. So they lost last night. And there you go. And uh, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, get over yourselves.
8: I want to, Hawk, but when you're down by 20 and I have no reason to finish watching the game in the third period, third quarter, sorry, that's what got me in those two games. If you're competing, okay. They didn't even compete in these last two games. I
2: feel you. I started the show. I looked down at my Twitter account. Zach Krantz's brother Josh had sent me a screenshot of the NBA standings, and it's the Knicks. Percentage points ahead of the Heat, and he just wrote, "Have a great show." So I get it, I get yeah. it. He's banned now. He's banned from the show. Josh. Yeah, Josh, Zach, all of them. The whole Crans family, huh? Ashley, <laughs> yeah, Maddie. Entire Crans family hey, banned.
8: You can't kick out Papa Crans. Papa Crans yeah. is my dude. All
2: right, I'll give you a pass on Papa Crans, and that's it. That's the only Crans. appreciate it. Maybe Barbara, I appreciate it. maybe Barbara Kranz, That's it.
8: Maybe Barbara.
2: I mean, you know, don't don't send me the screenshot of the Knicks ahead of the Heat and say "Have a nice show." No sir, no sir. I did stay up for the Heat game, the entire Heat game last night because I was jacked up by the Marlins win, and then I flipped over to MLB Network and I watched the White Sox throw a no hitter. And for whatever reason, I love no hitters in baseball as much as I would love every game to be fifteen to ten. There's still something about a no-hitter that I love. And so I watched the end of the White Sox game. That was a no-hitter, and so I was all fired up. And so I stayed up and watched the entire Heat game and really had no reason to stay up and watch the entire Heat game because they just just weren't in it. What are you going to do? Is,
8: offense is terrible.
2: Denver's knocking down three-pointers, and I, I just, I don't know. But again, I don't know. Mike Inglis is going to join us today. You know, I I don't know if you just chalk up those two losses as, like, two inevitable losses. Like, you're just not going to win those games. Phoenix is really good, and they are really good against the Heat. We've seen that this season. And you cannot win in Denver on the second night of a
8: back-to-back. Like, that's it. I know, and you see the stats and all, but just being out-rebounded by, right, I think it was 10 and 10, they were just getting out-rebounded. Jokic just stood there and jumped over everybody. He just grabbed, he like a kid, uh, a high schooler playing with middle schoolers on the yeah, rim. That's, that's, that's what frustrates fella. me is when it just doesn't look like basketball I'm used to watching out of the Miami Heat.
2: Were you frustrated by it, Solana, or are you kind of like me, where I'm like, eh, those two games were just, <laughs> those were not going to be dubs. Yeah, I mean, I'm not super frustrated. I'm not going to overreact to last night because you're right. You don't win that game back-to-back, second night of a back-to-back in Denver. But I will say, uh, this team goes on these stretches where they can't score the ball. And Mm. like you saw it in the first game against Phoenix, they come out hot in the first quarter. And then in the second and third quarters, they're laying duds. The same thing happened last night. You had to take advantage of a team that just lost their second-best player, they're missing a ball handler, and you just let Jokic do whatever he wanted. And man, but I mean, he does that against like like he does. That's why he's Jokic. Like like he he's able to impose himself on just about any team. It's why Minnesota tomorrow night is just what the doctor ordered. I mean, you're I mean you gotta go in and grab the dub tomorrow night and, and rest your starters for the entire fourth quarter.
8: I guess Jokic doing whatever he wanted when he wanted scares me for the Joel and beads and the ad's and just the big men that are skilled that we have no answer for deadman went in last night I, I don't know if deadman's the answer and somebody needs to I, tell him, hey, don't, don't you, wear bright did, shoes don't wear bright did, shoes you look ridiculous did you see the very end of the game when denver put bowl bowl in <laughs> i saw your text by the time i clicked i went back and turned the tv and i'm like oh bowl bowl it was over did you see it solana I didn't. I was I was knocked out by then. I didn't. I didn't. Dude, stay up. he lit it up.
2: I didn't know he was a point center. He brought the ball up. He hit floaters. He shot a three. It got blocked. But how do you block bull bulls three? But it got blocked. But oh no, did it get blocked. He got fouled. I think it got fouled because he ended up at the line. Bull bull bowled out for about two minutes at the end of last night's heat game. I said, this guy, they shouldn't have given him up. Didn't they draft him? Yes, they did. Yeah, the Heat drafted uh-huh. him.
8: They shouldn't have given him up. That guy, he's exactly what we need. You know what, Bo-Bo saw Yoker getting off and said, you know what, let me get some of this. Let me That's get exactly it." He gets some of this happened. action. Hell. That's
2: exactly what
8: happened. He had a nice
2: little jumper working. He had ball handling skills. I, 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 I couldn't believe what I was seeing.
8: So it's Somebody, still-
2: by the way, suggesting that maybe the Heat should go to the triangle. You know, instead of, uh, instead of the offense that they're, they're running, maybe they
8: bring in Dada 5000 and they run the triangle. I want to see it over what I've been seeing. Dribble around the perimeter, <laughs> dribble around the perimeter, shoot up a witch.
6: thing that we have known in history have been circulated around the triangle. The pyramids, the triangle. You look on your yeah. money, the triangle. The Bermuda, the triangle.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with Dada 5000.
8: Who was, was that? Was it Pat that ran the triangle?
2: Pat, no, it was Phil, uh, Phil Jackson Phil. that ran oh. the triangle.
8: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Him and Dan Tony, I believe. Somebody um,
2: else points out on the text machine. Bol, Bol only has about two minutes, though. Any more minutes, he'd lose yeah. too much weight. He'd be out for a month,
8: <laughs> and his knees will buckle. I like he is good, gawky
2: looking. He is I, gawky.
8: I like me a knock kneed athlete, but they're not very consistent now. <laughs> He is knock-kneed. You are right.
2: That is some
4: fun right there with Hawk and Crowder. I'm about to go home to North Beach and have some fun myself. My life is kind of like a vacation. That's why I don't judge other people's lives or how they do their jobs. My job, fun, playing around here at the radio station. Then I go home, have fun, play around at the beach, play around at the bars. But not everybody is not as critical. Recently, New York City media Radio station, to be a fact, came down pretty hard on those nets that haven't been playing.
3: Let's go tell Pat Riley, hey, Pat, no Ewing tonight. I I, I know you're playing the Bulls in Jordan, but Ewing's going to pass because his knees are sore. Ewing, who played every night when he was freaking, I was there many a night, in many a locker room when Ewing had a freaking ice his knees. Talk to the media. Every game, sit in front of that locker room. Every game. Sat there with his ice on his knees, and he played night after night after night after night. Played his ass off. Night after night. You think he, 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 i I tell you something right now. You ain't wanted to play. How about Krause telling Jordan somewhere in the 98 season when Pippen decided to take a pass with that late surgery, as we all saw there in the uh, documentary. How about Krause telling Mike, you know, Mike, Sacramento's, a, no, we're in Sacramento tonight. You know, you played last night. You know, let's 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 take a blow. You know what Jordan would do? You know what Jordan would do? My God almighty. You couldn't rip that uniform off of him. That's basketball. That's what he would do. He'd freaking play. How about Paul Silas? How about Havlicek? How about we Ran eight miles every game. will played from 1963 to 1979. 16 freaking years. Every single game. You think Havlicek's taking a night off? Havlicek! Twice the player that any of these guys are. You know, Grant check once. Oh, it makes me sick. And you guys rip Koozie. Yeah, you know how many games Koozie played? You know, he taking trains to Fort Wayne, Indiana and running to the ball game because the train is late and they played the night before in Boston. And he go out there and play 45 minutes. How about freaking Durant say, you know what? I'm playing. Get the hell out of here. You know, Duran, instead of fighting Michael Rappaport, how about Duran tell freaking Nash, and his freaking owner who's paid him 40 million, and the GM Marks, who's a freaking out of the Popovich school, how about Duran just say, Give me the goddamn uniform! Up playing tonight.
4: Woo! That's even got me worked up. So I am going to load, manage, and go home after a long day at work. Seriously, I put in my time. I'm going to probably go to M L Martin North Beach over on Collins, grab myself some margaritas, some beers, kind of sit out and just enjoy the evening. Think maybe walk on the beach, sit on the beach, and have a good time. If you need anything, at Dan Day Radio and all the social medias. Let's do it again tomorrow on a Feel Good Friday around six o'clock here on Five Sixty The Joe Radio Rewind. Later, slug.